Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website, linked in the show notes, to learn more. Our collect this morning reminds us that all scripture was written for our learning. The Apostle Paul, in his second letter to, the Thess- to Timothy, asserts that all scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, I admit to wondering this morning if our gospel lesson is trying to teach, rebuke, correct, or to train us. Audrey West, professor of New Testament technology, wonders whether this story is a good riddle or a bad joke. Because the punchline of the parable seems to be that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Perhaps you prefer other cliches like you snooze, you lose, or if you don't use it, you lose it. These certainly work when referring to muscles or learning a foreign language or playing an instrument. We could likely come up with a few more of our own. However, before we reduce Jesus' parable to cookie cutter or cliched responses, we're reminded that in classic Jewish style, Jesus style, when he tells a parable, it most often requires our pondering. And it may just depend how we receive this parable on our position in life as to how we hear it at any given time. The parable of the talents, this would be approximately 15 to 20 years worth of wages, so we're not talking about a small amount. It's long encouraged the church to be fruitful stewards of the gifts God has given. And Matthew is not afraid to speak of judgment when this doesn't happen. The servant who is condemned for bearing his gift supports earlier statements from Jesus, such as what happens to the tree when it doesn't bear good fruit. In many of these stories, those who increase their gifts are like a faithful servant who is at work when the Lord comes. They are the bridesmaids we heard last week who are prepared. And this is a very viable understanding of the parable. But in our day now, and from a different perspective, some of us hear this and are offended because we're trying to get away from the idea of world dominated, a world dominated by power and wealth. In Luke's version of the parable, the rich man is hated and they don't want him as king. That third servant is afraid because of this harsh man. He reaps where he doesn't sow, he scatters where he doesn't scatter. And some would argue that the first two servants multiplied dishonesty, and by the third servant, refusing to do so. He's abandoned and condemned to a place of suffering. Now, if I want to be self-righteous, I can 
rebel against this passage, and that would be the line I'd take. And I'd fight for that underdog. But all scripture is there for our training in righteousness. And I didn't see where it mentioned self, my self-righteousness. So when there are arguments, so many sides, we go back to what we know about Jesus. And we take a look at the context. Because Jesus has not held back on how costly it is to follow him. Earlier in Matthew, we find him saying, if you want to become my followers, deny yourselves, take up your cross, and follow me. For what will it profit if you gain the whole world and forfeit your life? Jesus' words, not mine. So we have to be cautious not to ignore, as much as we don't like it, that we are accountable for all we have been given. For the Jewish folks to whom he would have been addressing at the time, they had been given the law of Moses and the temple, both of which were signs of God's presence among them. They had been commanded to be the light to the Gentiles, to the world, but the leaders had made the law completely unattainable. We, the church, have been given the Holy Spirit the church is to lead the way, and so that we're not folks of darkness, as we heard from Thessalonians, but we are people of the light. And what we do with all we have been given, our time, our treasure, and our talent matters. Next week, we will celebrate Jesus as Christ the King, and the following week, we begin Advent to await his second coming, then later celebrate his first coming. But before we get there, let's not forget that Jesus is telling this parable just a couple days before his arrest and crucifixion. Like the third servant in the story, Jesus will be condemned to suffering. Many will not recognize Jesus as king or as Messiah. They, they won't understand that he came to save the world, not to condemn it. And although we have everything, some will choose to do things their own way and not take the risk, but to live in fear, not risk believing God's way is best, and it is Jesus who will pay the price for it. Thankfully, we know the grave is not where the story ends. Professor West says, and I quote, a hole in the ground, even a tomb, cannot contain Jesus. He is the Messiah raised from the dead. And that day will come when Messiah will make things all, all things clear. Until then, may we use what we have been given trusting that God will use what we bring here to St. James or wherever, and he will multiply our efforts, our time, and our money for his greater purpose and for his recognition and glory. Amen.